0: Clear your mind and climb the tower. Hi everyone, this is Rowan Odom. Today, we're pleased to showcase The Tower, an ambient, experimental audio fiction which combines a concept album and the mystery and drama of a young woman's journey of self-discovery. Join Kiri as she forsakes the hustle and bustle of the modern world and ascends a seemingly infinite tower. Along the way... She will witness sights and sounds which will challenge her very being, and have deeply personal conversations with friends and family on oddly convenient phones left on the tower. Immersive and contemplative, the tower lays out an experience that is touching and dramatic in turn, inspired by the works of Ryuichi Sakamoto and evoking introspective adventures like Celeste. You can find the tower wherever you get your podcasts or as an ad free album on their Bandcamp. TinCanAudio.Bandcamp.com. Part 1, 2, and 3 are available now, with part 4 coming soon.
1: Hello, I'm Cody Micah Carmichael, and you're about to be listening to the amazing podcast Syntax, which probably means you're smart, charming, and have great taste. And maybe you're interested in scientists discovering and doing cool things, or you'd like to be one. If that's the case, you should come check out BroadlyEpi.com, where I teach the science of epidemiology, programming, provide summaries of the most recent research, have some software tools available, and a lot more. If you're interested in renting a scientist, well, we have that option too. BroadlyEpi.com,
2: epidemiology, broadly speaking.
1: Hello, listeners. an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below, or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode, and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription. And will be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network Shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out.
0: Hi, everyone. Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase The White Vault, a horror podcast set in the frigid darkness of the Arctic Circle. Follow the adventures of an international rescue and repair team investigating a mysterious signal while navigating the treacherous nature of the polar nightmare they find themselves in. Worst of all, they find they may not be as isolated as they think. Fans of Syntax will love this indie series created by a two-person team. The show balances fictional elements with painstaking scientific, linguistic, oral, and cultural precision in details. The science team hail from all across the globe, a multilingual and multidisciplinary team dealing with their findings as best they can filled with masterly crafted foley that places you in the moment with polar bears, howling icy winds, and more. Find The White Vault however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at thewhitevault.com. Subscribe now and delve the waiting horrors.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
5: The creatures we saw. But what is unseen? No good piece of junk. Would it really kill Vincula to give us some decent equipment? It's only dangerous, revolutionary research going on out here.
1: I'll just... Use this one for now. I can export the audio file, and no one has to be the wiser which mic it came from. And
5: what was that all about anyways? You were in La La Land for a bit, and now you're telling me you're just fine? Jay, you're sure there's nothing wrong with him?
1: He seems to have rejoined the land of the Lucid for now. Can't talk screen Silas here either. We'll have to haul him back to get more info. I feel fine. Now? Yes, that was... I've never experienced anything like that before felt like an out-of-body experience. You said I was saying things, Cassius? I must have been verbalizing my thoughts.
5: Yeah, just what we need. Surrounded by screaming banshees and then you off on some reverie. (sighs) At least it looks like it's worn off for now. We'll have to head back to the breach.
6: We're on the far side of the breach from Specimen 1's pyramid now. I'm good to finish this cycle around and then beeline for the breach. Should be close to our actual time then anyway, if you feel up for it, Silas.
1: I can finish the circuit. I feel better now, really. And I don't want to hold everything up. No one else is experiencing strange effects, and I may have just been a little dehydrated. I can do this. Please don't stop on my account.
5: <sighs> All right. One more half circle around. Then we'll be on breach side anyway, like Greg said. We'll get you and Greg checked out once we're back. Listen up, everyone. If anyone else starts seeing things or mumbles to themselves, call for a stop and we'll head back to the breach pronto. We should be out of here in another two hours or so. Let's go.
6: Yeah, I remember my first major hike way back in good old Fort Benning while I was in basic. I was seeing stars for sure. Might have been exhaustion, dehydration, or might have inhaled too much after kicking over a mushroom patch early on the trail.
1: I don't think I've been contaminated with anything, though. And how did it only affect me?
6: Hey, don't sweat it. I was just joking around and reminiscing with you. We'll let the experts poke and prod you when we get back to Vincula. I'm sure you'll be right as rain with a little R&R.
1: I certainly hope so. I ain't no blaming the medic for taking the scenic route and psychotics and a busted foot and not
6: making it. Oh, how how's your foot? Surely you can't- Nothing can. at all, just a scratch little bastard barely even broke the skin. Wouldn't be much of a tour guide in these parts if I let a bunny with an attitude take me down, huh? Keep hiking with us, and you'll be half as tough as me one day.
1: <laughs> hiking my way right into an early grave, feels like. Can corpses count as being tough, I wonder? Maybe they'll still be able to identify my body under the calluses.
5: They'll know who you are by the big old frown you'll still have. Now get moving! <sighs>
1: We've arrived. Oh, yes. Silas Caldwell, field report for Vincula. We've arrived on the edge of another clearing in the Redwood Forest, but no structures are visible here. Instead, the greenery fades away at the edges of the clearing, and bare dirt leads to a lake in the center. The lake is astonishingly blue and quite cloudy. It almost looks like a teal skating rink, the water is so Placid and opaque. Alex has some thoughts on it?
4: Yeah, we better not go anywhere near that thing. The lack of vegetation and wildlife and coloration of the lake indicate this is probably a pool of acid, bubbling up from a spring underground. You smell that? Faint, rotten eggs? Good thing we're upwind for now. But that's a telltale sign of sulfuric acid and hydrogen chloride, which are common enough in volcanic and hot spring eruptions. Even if it's not exactly those compounds, we should stay far away until we can get some appropriate hazmat suits for sample collection. We'll give
5: it a wide berth. Good to see some additional landmarks. We're getting a better grasp of our surroundings in relation to the breach and the ziggurat- Look! Look there! Where?
4: In the lake! In the acid lake! I'm looking. I don't see anything. Did it look like it was going to erupt? Uh, No! No, no, no! There was a
7: shape! A dark shape in the water, just for a moment!
5: A shape? Probably just some disturbance in the springs. We should get clear in case it erupts. That was
7: definitely a purposeful movement, and it looked long, like a snake's body! And huge! It went a good way across the lake! That makes the creature 10, 15 meters, maybe more! Just watch, it'll probably show back up again.
5: Uh, doesn't look like it wants to be seen again. We have to get moving again, our time is running out. We'll make a note of the location and return with hazmat gear another time.
7: I know, I saw something. I'm telling you, I did. I... It doesn't
5: matter for now. We'll be able to make proper observations on the next expedition. We're not as early as I'd hoped anymore, and we've got another hour or so to go to the bridge.
7: Proper breach. observations? Oh, <laughs> oh! I see how it is. No need to listen to me. I'm not professional enough for this. Don't listen to the cryptozoologist. She must be seeing things. In a world full of no species, no less.
5: I am not having this conversation right now. We don't have time to sit here and stare at the lake. We don't have the time to argue, and we'll be back soon anyway. You can sit right here till dusk if you like. I'm just trying to keep everybody safe.
7: You, you just,
6: I... What's all the racket? Everyone okay?
5: Who's tripping this time? We're fine. We're making final notes and heading out now.
4: Mommy and Daddy are fighting. I don't like it when they fight.
1: Alex, please. There's a strong chance someone's getting chucked in the Death Lake if this keeps up. Let's not make ourselves look too tempting of a target by poking and prodding our teammates.
5: Fine. For legal reasons, Silas is joking. I might not be. Let's go.
1: Elizabeth? What? Greg gave me a little extra water. Here. Oh... I don't think Cassius disbelieves you. Probably just tired and hot like the rest of us. And I'm sure that safety briefing earlier still weighs on them. Not trying to make a load of excuses here, but we should have a little faith in our expedition lead. And I'm sure they'll have a little faith in us.
7: It's always like this. You just want to do something easy, like observation, but I guess that's too boring. (sighs) If there is something in there, someone has to take note of it and have more patience in observing it, or they could be marching into a death trap!
1: You already have enough to talk about in two outings into the breach to make heads spin. I don't doubt for a moment you saw something either, and I'm sure you're as interested in watching out for us as Cassius is to get us back home safely. Watch. You'll see. We'll get back, everyone will cool off. And Cassius will be banging on your door, wanting to have a chat about all the day's findings. They're a lot more empathetic than they lead you to believe. Now, let's catch back up. (sighs) Not
7: sure I believe you, but yeah, let's go. There's just so much more to see and disbelieve.
1: Not a word out of you, Alex. I see you thinking it. Those are mischievous eyes if I've ever seen them.
4: (laughs) What? I'm not allowed to think now? I was going to be encouraging anyway.
1: Hmm. Alright. Give it a shot. Don't be mean.
4: I was going to say I believed her. If we're going to find Ghost Bigfoot, why not acid Nessie?
7: <sighs> that was even worse than I thought it was going to be. Well, I'm off for the lake. Might as well dissolve my body, along with my credibility.
1: An admirable attempt, Alex. Now help me scrape up what remains of our poor friend here so we can go home for the day.
3: Oh, I can hardly wait to hear. Sounds like you had another exciting time in the breach.
1: Oh yes, another joyous time abroad in the land of screaming, hissing, boiling danger. But at least in the midst of this lockdown, we have some good company. My compatriots are quite capable and friendly enough. And, of course, you've been a blessing to have, Mrs. Dawson.
3: Oh, say nothing of it. I'm only too happy to be of some help around here. It's given me a mite of anxiety, certainly. But y'all have been very kind to an old woman like me, getting to hear y'all's stories. Terribly thrilling every time. Bless your hearts. I'm always hoping and praying y'all make it back safe every time.
1: That's very thoughtful of you so what happened today (laughs) we've learned from our previous mistakes no more rushing in at odd hours the breach world has an odd time frame and longer days than we're used to here so we've taken to entering in the afternoons and getting out late in the evenings very odd leaving while the sun is still up and coming here to cool nights and starry skies I was already a bit of a night owl, though, so I've taken to it fairly naturally thus far. I'm surprised you want to stay up this late, Mrs. Dawson. We must be telling some compelling stories indeed.
3: Oh, hush now. I couldn't fathom leaving y'all without fresh-cooked meals when y'all come back. I don't need much in the way of sleep anyway. Well, and I do get to hear some tall tales from each of you as well. But what Vincula doesn't know...
1: What Vincula doesn't know... Surely. Well, we made our way back to the strange ziggurat today, and unfortunately we weren't able to locate Specimen 1 again. Specimen 1 is what Vincula has decided to designate the strange creature we found entombed at the top of the structure. Despite encountering other creatures before and since, Vincula has decided to give this creature special attention, as it may be sentient or of particular interest to local sentients. Still unsure of what precisely it is but with its disappearance and the continued lack of other sentience and structures present, I certainly concur that relocating it would be quite beneficial for our continued studies. We found some scales at the apex which may give us a clue to Specimen 1's fate, and Cassius decided to start a spiral search pattern out from the ziggurat so we could try to find it, or its remains, and to get a better idea of our surroundings in general. We trekked for several hours, and then... We found yet another new creature, a real vicious one, Mrs. Dawson.
3: Oh my, is that what hurt poor Greg? He was trying to hide his injury from me, but I rushed right over when I heard he was in triage.
1: I think Greg will be quite all right, although the little critter took exception to Greg's presence. They sport a singular pointed horn on the top of their heads and look for all the world like little rabbits, Mrs. Dawson. Little wild rabbits with strong feelings about territory, I assume. (laughs) It was one of the larger ones that decided to ram straight into Greg's boot, but he took it like a real champion. Finished the half-lap around the Zagrot without so much as a complaint.
3: Did he really? Oh, that brash young man. He should have headed straight back here. Who knows what germs might have been on that little beast.
1: Oh, Cassius was trying to get him to come back, but he'd have none of it. Not that Cassius wanted to end the journey prematurely either. I swear the two of them are quite driven. Ugh, my feet still feel every inch of that wilderness. But no, he seems to be alright, and the same sterilization techniques we use here for wound treatment seem to work just fine thus far.
3: Be that as it may, I'll be keeping an eye on him. He's bound to get himself in trouble with that bravado of his.
1: Bravado and braggadocious going hand in hand through the woods. <sighs> Well, we pressed on, and as we were coming to the end of our lap, we spotted a clearing on the edge of the woods. We were... less than an hour's walk away from the breach, Greg estimated, so we hopped over to get a better view. The trees gave way, and the grass itself stopped shortly after the tree cover. The bare earth was visible all across the opening in the tree canopy, bleached in the sun in a grayish, dead color. There was a hint of an awful smell... Sulfurous, eggy. So we stopped ourselves from going too far. We skirted around the edge of the strange clearing until we had slight elevation over the clearing and realized there was a large pool of liquid in the center. I couldn't get a perfect idea of its size, but it was maybe two, three hundred meters wide with a slightly elliptical shape. <gasps> and the most delightful blue color I've ever seen in nature, with my own eyes at least. By the smell and the state of the forest, Alex surmised the water of the lake was filled with acids from underground springs. We were a respectable distance away and upwind, so we weren't in any imminent danger from fumes or anything, seemingly. But it was so beautiful to see. looked like the shell of an Easter egg. Smooth and bluish-green, undisturbed across its whole surface. Well, mostly undisturbed. Elizabeth says she spotted something in the water. I missed it, and so did most of the team. Frightening to think of anything living in conditions like that. Must be one tough thing.
3: Did y'all give her a hard time about that? I noticed she was a little bit down.
1: Oh. Uh, yes, sadly. Well, I didn't, at least, I assure you. I've seen plenty and am no expert, so I was not going to make a judgment call. I simply miss seeing it. <sighs> Cassius, though. I think Cassius has taken exception to Elizabeth's being a cryptozoologist, from a purely scientific standpoint. I suppose I understand, but this whole situation is very much a cryptozoologist's dream come true. We've already seen quite a few strange things. What was it Alex said? Acid Nessie wouldn't be all that odd (laughs) the most exceptional so far maybe but out of place never
3: well I hope she'll be alright I'm sure emotions were running a little high and all I went to her place and didn't find her I'll be dropping by again later to be sure
1: oh never fear Mrs. Dawson she's hanging out with Cassius as we speak last I checked I went looking for the two of them as well after we returned And spotted them in the sample storage area, poring over notes together and deep in thought. I'd let them be, for now.
3: Oh, good. That was mighty thoughtful of you to keep tabs on the two of them, Silas. I'm glad they seem to be patching things up, then.
1: We can hope. I've already given over to the idea of dying out there to some newly discovered carnivore. But maybe we can stick together as a team long enough that they have the decency to find and ship my remains back to my dear family.
3: Oh, you stop that nonsense talk about dying and such. I'll have none of that from you. I had a
1: few epitaph ideas I wanted to run by you. What do you think sounds most accurate? (laughs) Here, I have Silas Caldwell. Linguist, laggard, lunch.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Quit it, you were you expecting someone silas
1: uh no actually who could that be
3: you sit yourself right back down i'll get
1: the door oh all right i won't stop you this time oh oh yep yep i can feel it gonna be real sore tomorrow anyway
3: why if it isn't miss lizzie herself how are you this fine evening honey oh oh hi june I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll just be on my way. Nonsense! Yes. You come right in here and make yourself comfortable. I'm sure Silas won't mind, and I'll get some refreshments made for you right quick.
1: You have come to the last homely house east of the breach. Come on in. We have tea and some sweet treats left over. I was hoping to hear from you today anyway.
3: Oh, i uh,
7: okay. I'll, I'll come in for a bit, then. Just a little bit, though. I don't want to keep anyone up too late.
3: You sit yourself right down. I'll be right back.
7: Hey, Silas. You feeling better? After the spell you had today?
1: Quite well now, I think. Have to wait for a full toxicology report, but nothing turned up so far in the screening earlier. Seems like the breach hasn't claimed me. Yet.
7: That's... That's good. That's good. For now, yeah. Listen, uh, you didn't have to do that.
1: Uh, do... do what? Let you in, or... No,
7: no, you didn't have to tell Cassius to come speak to me after. I didn't. What?
1: I might have had it in mind to do so, but I never got the chance. I saw the two of you hanging out in sample collections and moseyed on out of there.
7: Oh, oh. I see.
1: I told you, though, didn't I? We've only been a team for a few days now, but I get a good feeling about Cassius. Doesn't care much for the opinions of others, but they're a good soul, I think. Might be new to team leadership, but they're learning rapidly and trying to take our safety much more seriously. We got lucky in the first round, and luck is a fickle mistress. I take it your conversation went well?
7: Unilope, <laughs> you know, Lapazuni That's what we decided to go with, for the horned rabbits. It'd be amazing if we could get an old discarded horn for study. <laughs> to see if its composition is similar to ordinary cuteness horns here on Earth. No reason to believe it's not, but we're making very sure of these sorts of things. Looks like Greg didn't end up with any bits of unilope horn in his foot. Good for him, but we could have had something to study tonight. Oh, it's fine though. I'm sure we'll be able to make a few more passes on the warren in future trips, so it's no problem! Cassius said we'll give them a wide berth, but hopefully we'll find more colonies of them elsewhere in the Breach World! Oh, and Cassius wants to get serious about naming the Breach World itself, but figured you'd want your two cents about that. You've got the knack for words, after all! Sounds like we'd be having action meetings after each trip. They understood how tired everyone was this time, but I'd expect to have a debrief in the future, especially if we want a hand in the naming process.
1: Oh joy. A sit-down with the Naming Society. Well, I wouldn't want to miss out. I'm being grouchy now, but I wouldn't mind shaping some of the names of our little breach land. That sounds more up my alley, anyway, than all the traipsing and cataloging. Good, and... good.
7: We'll get together afterwards in the future. I'm positive there will be a lot more names to hand out, too. And Cassius took my advice and plans to set up a monitoring station near the acid lake before committing to sending in a hazmat crew. They were a little more begrudging on that note, but agreed that if there was any risk, waiting a day or two for water samples was a small price to pay. We can collect the footage at the end of our next hike before we head back to Vincula for the day. Still can't get anything to survive overnight, is what Alex told me, so we'll have to take care of it all in one trip. Oh, thank you, June. You're the best.
3: Anytime, honey. Well, I'll leave it to you then. Don't mind me. I can hear more stories later.
7: Oh no, you're not leaving on my account, are you, June? Please don't. I- you don't have to- I mean, I was kind of hoping I would get a chance to hear one of your stories again, if- If it's not too much
3: trouble. Hmm? Oh, well, I don't mind at all, actually. If Silas is still up and kicking around anyway.
1: I haven't had the pleasure yet of hearing one of these. I feel like my poor constitution might be able to deal with them a little better now. And the enthusiasm of everyone else who's heard one has piqued my interest.
3: Well then, let's see. Which one should I tell tonight? How about Old Mill Man Ronnie
7: Jones?
3: (coughs) Where I went to school, there was an old mill that wasn't in much use anymore, way out in the back of the school property. Principal told us time and again not to go out there. Old building with no one taking care of it, and who knows what kind of trouble us youngins could get into out there. So, naturally, it was a favorite spot for... clandestine hookups and meetings for the ruffians and the thrill-seekers of the school. Now, of course, little old me, I was a picture of obedience and sainthood at that school, so I spent my time thinking about the mill and wondering what it might actually be like from a respectable distance. Sometimes I'd go way out into the woods just to get a glance at it. Old building even when I was just a little girl at that old country school years and years ago. Might have been painted white at one point, but years baking in the sun had left the walls yellowing and crumbling like wrinkled-up, sallow skin. And I would have been content just to look from a distance. But then I got dared to venture inside. And it would just have to be this cute boy in my history class I'd had my eye on daring me. Well, I made it my aim to go, but I was going to be smart about it. I asked around and found an older girl who regularly spent time out there at the mill and cornered her, asking what I needed to know. She laughed at me and thought I was just being a curious little snot, but I dogged her heels until she finally told me what I wanted, just to get me to go away, I'm sure. She said the mill was rickety, had to watch a step, and not to bother going in the loft area. Probably was where this particular group's secret stash was, but I took her word for it. I only had to stay in the mill for five minutes alone anyway, didn't matter where I went so long as I went inside, and she told me what to do if I saw old man Ronnie Jones. Ronnie Jones was one of the last owners of the mill, the last son of the last man who had run it, and it had been shut down for, hmm, say, fifty years now or so. And Ronnie Jones had up and disappeared when the mill wasn't needed no more. It's still said to be lurking around, though, and sometimes made his way out to that old mill. The girl I was asking didn't tell me what would happen to me if he was averse to my presence, but she told me what to do if I ran into him all the same. I should just keep my eyes to myself, not stare or squint side long at him, maybe just to look down at the floor and tell him I meant no harm and just wanted to have a look around. Be respectful, she said, and watch your time carefully. Don't spend a minute longer in there than you have to. Well, you just know I'm the soul of respectfulness, so off I skipped to the mill, calling out to my... We won't say the word crush now, will we? But I hollered at him to come watch me, and a little group of us students headed for the woods by the mill. I was all full of myself right up until I was in front of the mill door itself. Not a sound around the mill or in it. The river next to it had long changed course, and there was just this dead and dried riverbed behind the mill, winding and twisting into the woods like the long-forgotten corpse of some ancient giant snake. I couldn't even hear frogs croaking, and you know them critters won't pipe down for nothing. Just me and the tall two-story beige mill with its cracked and peeling skin paint. Well, I took a deep breath when I heard my friends are giggling away at me from behind and knocked on the door. No idea why I knocked on an empty mill door, but you know I was being respectful from the get-go. No one answered, so I pushed the door open, walked in, and shut the door behind me. Got the satisfaction of seeing my friend's faces all pale as I brought the door shut. Then I was alone. I just looked about for a bit. It was a lot less scary inside, actually. It was late in the spring, quite hot in there, and the sun shone through the window on the far side of the mill from me and from cracks in the plaster, streaming light from the wounds in the walls. I took the advice I heard earlier to heart and didn't go poking around. I stood rooted in place right in front of the door, just beginning to hope I only had some resident bugs for company. It was just as I finished scoping out the room and got my eyes adjusted to the dim light that I noticed, a fella standing in the corner to my immediate left, He was across from an old stove next to me, and I could only see his big straw hat and jean overalls over the stove top and pale jaundiced arms hanging down at his side. As soon as I spied him, I riveted my eyes to the floor. He didn't say nothing, and I didn't get a good look at his features under that hat either. Figured I'd do the one thing my friend said to do and wouldn't make eye contact. I just said, sweet as pie. Sorry, in. I'm just here to take a peek. I don't mean no harm. So I stood there, counting the seconds the best I could, keeping my eyes glued to the floor, risking only a few glances around anywhere but that corner. 50? Fifty? One hundred? I didn't hear a sound or a word in response, and I didn't dare risk peeking his way. I couldn't get the mental image of his wrinkly old arms out of my head. Looked just like the walls of the mill. One hundred and fifty. I realized after a moment I was grinding my teeth so hard the grating sound was echoing in the mill softly. I clamped a hand over my mouth, thinking it must be rude to make such an awful sound. Two hundred. Two hundred and fifty. Long seconds passing. As I got closer to 300 seconds, glorious five minutes, I heard a commotion outside and figured my time was drawn to a close. I remember saying, with just a little wobble in my voice, Well, I've had a look around, thank you for your time. (laughs) Probably hoping this ghost didn't bite my derriere on the way out. I hopped back out and saw my darers trying to explain what was happening to a classmate who came to check on me. Oh, he was mad as heck when he found out what they dared me to do, and he escorted me back to school apart from those scoundrels. I remember this other boy, Christopher. Once he had us peeled away, he asked if I was all right. I was still pretty spooked, but as we hiked back to school, I started to think about how I wasted my time with that stupid dare and got pretty grumpy about it. I snapped back that I was perfectly fine and could handle myself. He looked me up and down, and I remember clear as day. He said, I reckon you're right on both counts. And that's how I got to know my future husband. (laughs) (laughs) Left that crush in the dust, didn't ya? Oh, he was a distant memory before I was halfway back to school.
1: I mightily enjoyed that story. Thank you, Mrs. Dawson.
3: Anytime, dears. Oh my, honey, you must be exhausted. About time for y'all to be getting some rest. Come along, Lizzie. Let's get you settled and let Silas be for the eve. Uh,
7: Sleep sounds really amazing right about now.
1: It was delightful to chat with both of you. Y'all get some rest. I'm sure Cassius will have us hopping right back into the breach.
3: Good night, Silas. Good night, Silas.
1: There you are. Got a little frightened by all the extra company, hmm? Sorry I'm not around as much these days. Did not sign up for all the extra walking I've been doing. Hopefully it'll calm down after a while. Not been giving Mrs. Dawson too much trouble, I take it. I can tell she babies you while I'm away.
2: Oh, right. The recorder. This land
1: reeks of filth. Fetid pools holding worms of vicious temper gnaw at us. The people here take up arms against us. With spears and shields, they harass and slay us. We are left with no choice. Translator's note There are quite a few instances here where the story being told ranges from bizarre to almost incomprehensible. This is the worst case of the Akkadian language seeming to be incapable of properly transliterating the words of the isolate. I'm finding instances of new words and sigils in the unknown language not found previously, and the resulting Akkadian translation is just sounding... odd. As in, I'm simply unsure of what it is going on with the story anymore. At this point, I'll just be translating the text as literally as possible and trying to make sense of it as I do more translation work down the line. Resuming Translation We must apply our strengths and overcome them. We are not given to the air. We are not given to the caves. We are not given to the worms. Upon the mushrooms, warriors clad in green armor cluster together, a bulwark against all who invade tall and strong as the roots they defend. We are faster, and they possess little intelligence. Like a thief, we steal into their forest of stalks and plant ourselves among them. Unlike their bodies, their minds are pliable. We bend them to our will. Now they form a shield wall on our behalf. They see us now for what we are, superior as we... Nest? Inside their brains. (sighs) Might mean like an idea being planted? Uh, Propaganda, maybe? Their thoughts are filled with only thoughts of us. Our will. Our survival. Our deeds. We have bought peace for now. Now we turn to save those who remain in the land of the false. The Hamao. Hmm. Doesn't sound pleasant at all. Starting to get a handle on the script, however. Every time I feel like I'm closer, though, I realize more and more how clumsy this translation is. Paired with the knowledge that this text is so far removed from the Akkadian language and people, I wonder if this was being rotely transcribed by others, who themselves were not fully aware of what they were translating. Just doing their best to copy the text word for word no guides or side notes are offered in the text, no hint of greater context. Never have I so strongly wanted a foreword by the author. Lost with the first part of the book, if ever there was one. End translation. Silas Caldwell, Expedition Report for Vincula. Third expedition into the breach overall. Continuing our spiral search pattern outwards from the ziggurat, we've located another clearing. This one bordering a fallen redwood. The colossal size of the tree means it took out a fair portion of the canopy with it. The area now hosts a grove of smaller trees and plants growing around the great trunk of the dead tree.
5: The death of the redwood clears the way for greater biodiversity to take hold. There's a ton of new species of vegetation trying to utilize the new energy source from the sun pouring through the canopy opening. The clearing is almost impassable with how choked the area is with plant growth. More importantly, however, we've spotted a set of nests on the lower branches of a redwood adjacent to the clearing. There are low-lying branches about 10 to 20 meters high, growing out of the tree, growing out into the new source of sunlight, and it looks like something saw the height advantage and nested there. Of note, can't see in these nests, but if you've been following our little adventures thus far, Miss Vo, I wonder if we wouldn't see anything in the first place. We've been keeping an eye on the nests for the better of two hours now, and I'm committing to approaching the nests. There's a possibility they've been abandoned, and I want to see if I can collect fur, droppings, anything from the creatures that may have been left behind.
1: This is news to me. You want to walk right up to the nests? If the creatures are invisible, they could just be sitting up there watching us.
5: We've observed from a safe distance and seen no movement, not so much as a branch sway. We're going to be methodical about our approach and clear out fast if we spot any indication of inhabitants. It's unusual, but we're never going to find out more about our stealthy little friends if we can't find their… hopefully former habitats and nesting areas. Makes good sense to me they'd be nesting up in the trees where they can climb up away from the nocturnal predators, and if this is abandoned, there is almost sure to be remaining evidence of their occupation. With luck there will be, anyway. Evidence we badly need to learn more about these sneaky little fellas.
7: Best not to creep up on them, then. If they are up there, they might give a sign of territorial aggression, and we can fall back immediately. And if not, we'll have access to a treasure trove of biological trace data!
5: We're about halfway through the time we can spend out here. I'm gonna crunch my way through the brush closer, full view. No sense in spooking them, and if there's no reaction, I'm gonna try and climb up. Good luck. Thanks, but you don't have to whisper. If anything, I'd rather them hear you and give us a sign.
7: Oh? Good luck! luck! (laughs) Well, they know we're here now. I didn't see any movement,
4: though.
6: Hell, everything knows we're here now. Those are some pipes.
4: Sorry, I thought... (laughs)
6: You're fine.
5: That works for my plan anyway.
1: (laughs) Don't fret, Alex. I'm as lost in the woods with brash naturalists as you are. At least Cassius is volunteering to be eaten first this time. Oh, here, Cassius. Take the recorder with you. You'll be able to make better notes as you get closer than I will from here.
5: Got it. Right. Off I go. Don't mind me. Just out for my afternoon stroll here. I just want a little peek, if that's all right. Hello? Anybody home? Hmm, Looks clear, gang. Let's get that climbing gear set up.
1: There. I got it. You switched the recorder off by accident, I think. Damn. Whoops. Yeah, the way this one sits on your shoulder, if you flex wrong, it shuts it off. Try the other side. hatchet there there that should work ready
5: always on belay belay on all right just below the closest nest Still no sign of occupation. And no movement. I'll just have a careful little poke now. Yes! This nest is constructed of piled leaves, sticks, and other debris. But amongst the lattice work, I'm feeling it now. There's a material in the gaps that look like they're empty, but it's fuzzy. It's fuzzy! Yes! Yes! There's stuff in there! Invisible stuff! Okay, I have a little clump of it in my fist. That's- this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Or not seen. There's nothing in my hands at all, visually, but I have a little clump of what feels like animal fur. It's coarse and super light. (laughs) Doesn't smell like much. That's good news, I think. Means any leftover oils have long washed away. Which could also mean this is old, and the occupants have indeed vacated the premises. I was worried for a moment there I was going to reach in and have something reach back at me. Not really wanting to give anything a handshake just yet. Hey, what's that? Oh no, it's getting closer!
4: It's going for Look out! Ah! Shit! Shit! Oh,
7: get off of me! Get off! Get off!
2: Ah.
1: Syntax is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share-alike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed and produced by Stella Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. Silas Caldwell is played by Ty Vaughn. Cassius Thatcher is played by Beth Fung. Elizabeth Bellinger is played by Morgie B. Alex Yard is played by Jules Christine. June Dawson is played by Renee Helsell. Greg Washburn is played by Cody Burke. Jeremiah Woods is played by Eldrin Smith. Additional voices and sounds provided by Gage Odom. Listen to other episodes, find our social media links, and make donations by visiting syntaxpodcast.com. Rate us on iTunes and Google Podcast, and follow us on Spotify. Tweet us at TwinStrangersP with your burning questions, and engage with fellow listeners on our subreddit, r syntaxpod. Thanks for listening.
2: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit juvederm.com. That's j u v e d e r m.com.
1: Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.